Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing. I am Zach Williams, and I've got a really exciting show for you today. You know, a lot of the manufacturers we talk to are trying to target architects and designers. But the thing is, is once you're in your career and you're an architect or designer, you're trying to, you know, move your career forward or you're working at a firm, you're really, really busy. And so the ability you have to research new products is really limited. And so one thing we've seen a lot of manufacturers trying to do is to get themselves in with interior designers and architects sooner in their careers. And what that really means is trying to find a way to get in with them and get awareness with them when they're actually students in college or getting their master's degrees, which is why I'm really excited to have a guest with us today. His name is Matt Wagner. He's a buddy of mine. He's also a professor of interior design at Virginia Tech and also is involved in the architecture program there as well. He's a licensed interior designer who also maintains a consulting practice outside of teaching and research in academia, which I think is really important because he's got incredible insights from not only the perspective of seeing students today, but also practicing. So he's got firsthand knowledge of what works and what doesn't work. So without further ado, thank you, Matt, for joining us. I'm glad you could join us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. So Matt, maybe you could just kick us off a little bit and tell us a little bit about your career and what's, what's led you to the point of actually being a professor of interior design and, and as well as doing some, some work in the architecture program as well. Well, my, uh, my career is in um, design. My uh, undergraduate degree is in interior design uh, from VCU in Richmond uh, in the School of the Arts. It was a, a really great program, and being around all the other designers and students at that school uh, just helped me see the world differently. Uh, and Richmond in general has a, a really great uh, art scene, which inspired me to move on and, uh, and get a master's degree uh, in architecture. So I went to grad school at Virginia Tech. And then after that, I, I, uh, I went back to Richmond and worked for um, a couple of firms. Um, the one firm I started with was BAM Architects, who's now Baskerville. Uh, and then um, after about a year, I moved to Charlottesville and worked for William McDonough and Partners. You know, I always sort of imagined myself in academia at some point. I didn't realize what happened um, when I was in my 20s. And I moved uh, back to Blacksburg. I came to Blacksburg to give a talk to some students about some work I was doing at William McDonough's office on Cradle to Cradle and uh, just what that design process looked like. Um, and then after that, um, after that lecture, I was, uh, I was offered a job. Um, and I've been here ever since. That's really cool. I don't know if you remember this, but I actually, I think I met you because I was watching Bloomberg television yeah. and yeah. you got, you were getting interviewed by, was it like a 12 year old? It was, yeah, it was a, a boy named Aiden who, uh, wanted to be an architect when he grew up. Mm-hmm. So I did a, um, uh, I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was a, I think it was a video. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was a cute kid. He had some actually really impressive questions. Yeah, I remember, I remember watching that going, man, that kid is much further along <laughs> than, than I was at 12 years yeah. old. But I remember seeing seeing the interview and going, oh my gosh, this guy's in, in Blacksburg and I reached out to you. Yeah. But uh, one thing I remember talking to you about, because you know we work in the manufacturing space and it was interesting to hear your perspective is that a lot of manufacturers we talk to want to target these interior designers right. and architects when they're students. Right. And I thought your perspective on that was really interesting because you were telling me when you were a student, like you would find out this manufacturer. And then when you got in your career, you would, you know, just you'd only specify that one manufacturer. Because right. 
you knew who they were, right? Yeah, it's it's something. I think every student's going to be different when it comes to that. And when I was a student, um, there were uh, a few manufacturers that stuck with me, and the first one was uh, Freeform. Mm. And uh, I love and hate Freeform. I I, uh, I love Freeform because they make really cool products. It's really interesting. The reason I shouldn't use the word hate, but the reason uh, I'm bothered by Freeform is because they're so good at uh, marketing that every student knows about Freeform. So every student wants to use Freeform in their project. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there's got to be something else you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think to some degree, uh, it it um, you know Freeform helps inspire ideas. And I think that's what's important um, right now. And so that was one. And uh, other products were, or manufacturers were just products that I used. So when I was in grad school, I worked on one of the solar decathlon houses at Virginia Tech, the 2005 one. And um, on the fabrication team, you're pretty much uh, working with materials every day. And mm-hmm. um, one of those was a, a Luca bond, which was a cladding material, an aluminum skin cladding material. And um, when I graduated and, and started working in a firm and coming up with design ideas, uh, once you get you know to a certain point in conceptual design, questions of what materials um, start coming up. And so I, of course, you know, said, well, this can be a Luca bond or this could be three former uh, and there are others. And I think, uh, you know, looking back now, the reason I expect those in particular, because they have competitors um, that would be um, fine to use, is because those were the products that I was familiar with. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the question of, uh, you know, how these manufacturers gain more exposure in academia is, is definitely an interesting question. I think it begs the question, you know, you went to school for architecture in the early 2000s, and now you're in academia, seeing students go through the similar process that you went through. How has the the research and discovery, you know, stage of, a, of an architecture student or interior design student, how's that changed in the last decade, like in, in terms of what you, how you found products and how they're finding products today? Technology, yeah. I mean, I, I think the uh, internet's an obvious answer here, and um, I love and hate the internet. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> you love and hate it. I love and hate it. I, I think it it tends to make, from what I've seen, um, students sometimes be more uh, sedentary than they should be. Mm. So instead of getting out and exploring, um, at least what I see, you know, I, I don't. I'm not with my students 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. But in studio, if students are out of their studio, out of their desk, and out of the studio um, at a library, I, I mean, we have a very very uh, incredible art and architecture library over in Kogel Hall, um, I think is uh, definitely a huge asset for our students. And, you know, just a short walk across the plaza from Burris Hall where our studio is. Uh, I think that should be used a little bit more. Um, but I think technology is the big thing that's changed. So when I was a student, things were more manually driven. So sketching mm-hmm. a lot more on paper. I think our students still do a good job at that. But recording the design process and uh, recording iterations tend to get um, sort of... Uh, masked by uh, the computer and the hard drive. So instead of me being able to see their design process and when they made decisions mm-hmm. on paper, um, it's on a save-as model somewhere on their hard drive. So it's hard for me to see their work. That's interesting. And so are you finding, I think I mentioned this to you, or I think you mentioned this to me, you know, one of, one of our first conversations is that there are certain manufacturers that you have to like outlaw in your class, right? Just because they People aren't exploring different products. They're just getting marketed to so well. Is, is that right? Yeah. And um, I think one year I did actually ban the use of Freeform <laughs> because our material library, uh, 
they make a really cool product mm-hmm. and it, it's hard to stay away from it. And I think my biggest thing with Reform is that, let's face it, they make cool materials, but they just make it easier for designers to pick something when students should be using the time to learn how to design cool materials mm-hmm. like that. So as interior designers, we, we do a lot of different things and um, space planning, uh, sort of, a, dare I say, interior architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll, that'll raise a lot of fists probably. But, um, <laughs> you know, materials and finishes isn't really my uh, niche, but as part of the profession. And if Freeform is taking a bam- piece of bamboo or some sort of texture and laminating it between two pieces of acrylic mm-hmm. um, or some sort of pattern, why should students be limited to, to just what Freeform or other companies have to offer as far as that sort of thing goes? I mean, flat stock is super easy to mill out and super mm-hmm. easy to design. Come up with your own pattern that works with your project and, um, and make it be very uh, tailored to your own concepts and your own projects. It's interesting because the manufacturers that are probably listening today are like, how do I do what Freeform is doing? to the point where a professor has to outlaw it because they market so well. Right. In your perspective, you don't like it, but the manufacturer probably loves it. You know, right. what, what do you yeah. see that 3Form is doing besides having a great product that's building their awareness with students today? From my knowledge, I haven't really researched this, but I don't think they're doing much more than other companies are. It's just that they've been around for a while. Um, they've got a cool name. It's pretty easy to say. And they have, they have nice and uh, interesting materials. And the material samples that students see that we have in our resource library is um, it's not like things that they had probably seen before. So mm-hmm. it's like, Oh wow, this is amazing. It's like, I want to use this in my project. How can I do this? And up to a certain phase, projects begin to be des- designed around free form products. Interesting. And, you know, I, I have to put a stop to that because this is not a venue for, uh, you know, designing around a product that's made. Mm-hmm. This, this is where you should be learning mm-hmm. how to create those products on your own. That's something that's specific to your project. So I think, um, you know, the architecture program is a bit less interested in manufacturers and products mm-hmm. um, just because of the nature of our school here. And it's a really amazing program. If you go over there, all the projects, um, the processes are, are different um, mm-hmm. from studio to studio. And even within the studio, I, I love looking at the drawings that are happening over there. That's cool. So for students today, they know 3Form because they're in the library as well as they've got a good online presence. Like where else are you seeing students spending time online? So we have, uh, in the interior design program, we have sponsored studios. Mm-hmm. So every semester, um, each studio has an a industry sponsor. Mm-hmm. Mine are uh, Hayworth and Dirt, um, D-I-R-T-T. They're, they're, uh, they started as a prefabricated wall assembly, mm-hmm. um, a really interesting process. So they have a proprietary software called ICE, and you design this thing that looks like a curtain wall. And then um, as soon as you press the OK button, it sends out fully documented shop drawings and they go straight to the fabricator and you get exactly what you drew up. And it's really amazing. But I think students are definitely have awareness now uh, that we have these industry sponsors, uh, much stronger awareness of these companies than they did before. Um, because as a recipient of a, a sponsorship, we use their products in our designs. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we require that. So for the Hayworth project, it's um, we generally give it about six weeks for these projects. So the students use Hayworth products. Hayworth has wall systems, furniture, uh, chairs, um, tables, desks, sofas. And so your students will literally use those products in their projects with you. Yeah. You know, they get served that directly because they're sponsoring right. your your classes and your program. Right? That's right. Yeah. So we, um, you know, Hayworth's, uh, I think Hayworth and Dirt's return is that our students are familiar with their products. Mm. 
And I think that's a really good way um, for companies to get involved with academia. But I don't think that's that's going to be something that um, a lot of design programs are interested in. Mm. I think you know, there's a limitation there with design and, and what students can do. Mm-hmm. So we try to make those projects um, a little more open mm-hmm. as far as standards go, what students can do, because you know, I think telling students that they have to use a certain product sort of inhibits the design process in general, but it gives them great exposure. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing Hayworth does really well is uh, from the two uh, companies that I use um, to sponsor my studios, Hayworth offers a, a very robust BIM library on their website. Smart. It's really yeah, smart. It's super smart. And I think for students who are um, you know, using Revit uh, or, or BIM software, specifically Revit, I guess, that can just download uh, a Hayworth table or a Hayworth chair that's a fully parametric model. Who else is doing that really well? I think Steelcase. I think Steelcase is. Hayworth is, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of companies that aren't even the big companies. Um, I have a list of websites, actually, that uh, I think would be beneficial for, for manufacturers to look at. So there's different online catalogs. The website called ArcDaily has a, oh, yeah, has a catalog. And um, ArcDaily kind of breaks down in a nice way to where it's uh, by sort of design type. Um, and so does uh, Architect Magazine. So whether it's facades and if you go into the facade section, is it screens, is it, uh, you know, cladding, um, you know, every category has subcategories. And then you can go in there and look at the different manufacturers and different products under each manufacturer. And some of these manufacturers have technology downloads on their websites. Mm-hmm. I would think every day more and more uh, products are being created for, for download. And that's something that just makes it so much more efficient for designers. And I think this is something that is is better for, um, you know, professional firms, not, not so much academia to where, you know, I want to use this product. Okay. Let's download it. We know it's modeled to the correct sizes. Um, it's accurate. Let's just bring it into our model and, and start, uh, start developing. Smart, smart. What about like Pinterest or social media? Are you seeing that that is also have, having a rise with, within your students in terms of them using it? I think Pinterest uh, and social media, you know, I'm not too familiar with how much exposure they're getting to products, but I do know that they're getting exposure to other design spaces. So Pinterest is a, a big one for students right now. And, um, you know, they're starting to see things that really entice them. And I don't know why Pinterest as opposed to Google image search or, you know, just even looking at ArcDaily at other uh, projects or design or, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of them. Um, really great websites out there that curate uh, design work. I've had to keep myself away from Pinterest because I've found it's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I see one thing, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to click on another thing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'll just keep going. And next thing I know, it's been over an hour and I have to step away from my computer. But I you've, think you've gone to a black hole. I've gone to a black <laughs> hole. It's, it's serious too. And I can see why students get uh, absorbed into that. But, you know, I think just like anything else that they see, it's this technology is, I think, making students want something now mm-hmm. and, and they want it done fast. And um, I think that if manufacturers can provide downloads for students, especially students who are still learning software, mm-hmm. for a simple product or object, really, there's some fairly complex modeling going on there. That's a great point. I like, I like that you brought up, you know, with students, they want things quick. They want it right. now. You know, I yeah. think that, that- if we even compare that to their shopping and buying habits outside, you know, their studies, 
their expectations of, of brands is so high. Like yeah. they, they expect it to be done for them quickly. Otherwise they're going elsewhere, right. you know, and they might not be consciously thinking about that, but it's probably true that like, if you're a manufacturer, you don't, you don't have those bin files or you don't have the resources they're looking for, or you're not present in the different channels that they are, whether that's Google or Pinterest mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, the opportunity you have to gain awareness with this, this group of, you know, rising architects and interior designers, it's, it's difficult if you're not doing those things. Right. If the goal is to gain exposure in academia so students are familiar with your product as they go into firms and so they can talk about their design ideas and using the appropriate products, then I, I think that um, you're going to need to step up your, your digital library. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I say that with, I have to say, I, I say that as kind of a, conflicting opinions because I think that academia is a place for complete design freedom, not to be caught up in, in products, but at the same time, it's sometimes very necessary because, uh, you know, the focus on constructability of things, some companies, screening systems, structural systems, it, it's just, it makes more sense to download the model once you have the design figured out. Okay. So you have the conceptual design figured out, you go into sort of more detailed drawings and ideas now, what is it made out of? How is it constructed? This is when I think these products are um, a bit more relevant in academia. Hmm. That's interesting. What other advice would you give a manufacturer who's listening today that says, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be outlawed in my class, you know, in a classroom. But at the same time, I, I want to increase exposure. What other tactics or insights or recommendations would you give them as a professor to this rising generation? I think, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be outlawed. Um, <laughs> just the, the, the freeform thing, it was, um, it, it was, it was running rampant. So mm-hmm. I had to, I just had to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a few years ago. And I, I think to just be there, uh, just be accessible. Um, as far as marketing and, and advertising, I don't know if students really pick up on that stuff that maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I, I think if there's, um, a way that you can easily highlight a product, your products within a design space. So a, a ceiling system or a canopy or a, some sort of a modular wall system or furniture, then maybe that would be the place to do it. Hmm. And uh, just, you know, maybe like a hover. I don't know about house. Does house do something like that? Yeah. I mean, house, I think is pivoting a lot. You know, they're, they're focusing much more on the, uh, the actual end consumer. Like you can see that they're doing a lot of actual furniture now, as well as building products. Right. Like they've got tile, they've got decking, they've got all that stuff, but they're also selling, gosh, they're selling vanities now. Like I saw, I actually bought my vanity from my new basement hmm. from, from house. house, from house. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Which I was like, I used to like laugh at house. I'm like, houses, houses are going to make it. And then I go and <laughs> right. I buy a vanity. Uh, yeah. They got you pretty know? big. I didn't know they're making their own products. Yeah. You can't expect a student to, to know all the resources, but when they come across them, I think if, if you're one of the companies that's on there and, and your products have been used on nice projects, mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously going to be helpful. So a, a very enticing project that is inspiring, you know, that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having your name as uh, your, your product on there as what has been used and, and where, I think that sort of exposure is going to be important. I usually don't tell my students to go look at specific places for products. Sometimes it's hard to tell where the products are if you're not familiar with the company. There's so many companies out there. You know, the internet, the whole love-hate thing. I love the exposure and all the information, but at the same time, there's so much information. It's, it can be confusing sometimes. So just sort of um, making it clear what your company does, 
how it does it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe sort of simplify the the homepage on on the websites to be you know this is a company we do uh, um, modular screening systems for exterior facades or for interior wall systems. This is what we do. Yeah, telling that story in a way that even in uh, someone in academia who's who's rising up right can get a hold of that smart. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you joining us on the yeah, show today. Um, how how can people get a hold of you if they have questions or you know want to get in touch with you? My email address is, is wagner.matthewdavid at gmail. It's a um, kind of a mouthful, but that's it. I guess we'll put a link. Yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Then my website has a, a different email address, which is uh, mattwagner at uh, mwc.co. Co. Matt, thanks again. And if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.